so excited about today. I, I've got a word. I'm, I'm pumped. I, I really believe this is going to touch your life. And so now today, as we launch into the message, I want to say how grateful I am for Governor Abbott and how hard he has been working to get our economy back up and running. Uh, it's exciting to see us making forward progress. It's great to see businesses opening back up. It's great to see restaurants opening back up. And, you know, it won't be long. We'll be able to go back to sporting events and other activities and things where we get to be around other people. And I'm excited even to have schools open up. Come on, all the mamas. I know you're thinking, my God, hey, is summer school an option? Come on. Uh, my kid might need some extra help. And, uh, uh, you know, even churches. It's so great to see everything just beginning to open back up. And I know in all of this excitement, I've really been pondering and thinking, uh, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm a little bit concerned about us rushing back into this normal life. Now, again, I love everything opening up and I'm, I'm excited, I'm pumped, but I wonder if it could be that as we are leaving this season, if we're leaving this season never dealing with some of the issues that have actually been exposed in our hearts and in our lives through this COVID crisis. And so I'm concerned that our waiting season will become a wasted season. That here we are, we're at the end of this waiting season, but we've not allowed God to do the deep work that he wants to do on the inside of us. And we're ramping back into this busyness of life. Uh, and we're leaving what God exposed in this crisis undealt with. And if we're honest, all of us, I, I know me and Phyllis and our kids and every one of you guys, I know you guys, all of us, we have experienced some painful moments in this crisis, in this physical isolation. None of us had ever experienced it before. Some things were exposed and some challenges were brought in front of us. And look, husbands and wives, the coronavirus didn't cause your marriage problems. Let me say that again. It didn't cause your marriage problems. It simply exposed the problems that were already in your marriage. Look, all the parents. The coronavirus didn't cause you to explode on your kids and go cray-cray on your kids. No, listen, it simply exposed the anger issues that you had in your heart already. All the kids, teenagers, you guys are watching right there with your mom. And the coronavirus didn't cause you to be hateful to your siblings. It simply exposed the animosity that already existed. It was already there. And so the coronavirus didn't cause your problems. I, and I think we've got to be careful because we'll say, well, it's because of the coronavirus. But that's not true. It was already in our heart. We already had the pain in our heart. The coronavirus just exaggerated that pain. And that's what crisis does. Crisis exaggerates everything. It exposes what's already there. Once it was exposed, now here's the question. What are we going to do with it? You have a choice. You can numb the pain. You can mask the pain. Or you can go to the one that can heal the pain. And that's what I want to talk about today, that we've got to go to God when there is pain that has been exposed in our life so that God can heal it. I don't want to jump into this new season and get busy and mask the pain and not deal with the things that God exposed in my heart in this season. Look, four and a half years ago, I was having problems with my esophagus. My throat was actually closing up and it was very difficult for me to swallow. In fact, I was in Alabama and I called Phyllis 
because I had almost choked on a pill. I couldn't, I couldn't even swallow the pill. I had to push it out of my throat and it freaked me out. I, I didn't know what was happening. I thought, man, what's going on? Am I having an allergic reaction? Did I eat something? And really freaked me out. I came back home and Phyllis scheduled me an appointment with the ENT doctor in Sugarland, and ended up going to the doctor and he said, look, I need to do a procedure to look down your throat. So he did a gastrointestinal endoscopy. And after that was done, he had a follow-up consultation with me and he said, look, Jim, uh, what's happening is not an allergic reaction. You're actually experiencing severe heartburn. He said, look, at night, what's happening is you're sleeping and the acid in your stomach is making its way all the way to your esophagus and that's what's swelling your throat shut. And I thought, man, that's crazy. Here, here it is, it's this acid reflux. Well, how, do, how in the world do you even get rid of that? And he said, Jim's real, real simple. It's your diet. I can tell right now you do not eat healthy food. It's junk food. And I said, well, yeah, you know, but, but it's never bothered me before. He said, yeah, but the problem is it has always bothered you, but now your body is showing signs of the damage that's been done. And I said, okay, great. So what's the solution plan? Like, what's the treatment plan? And he said, oh, Jim, it's, it's simple. Uh, here's the treatment plan is you have to change your lifestyle. You got to change your food, you gotta change your diet. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm addicted to sweets, come on somebody. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm pushing back, I'm like, come on, are you, like for real? Like I love chocolate chip muffins, and I love brownies and all the sweet things. And he said, uh, yeah, that's great, that's awesome, but if you want this problem to go away, if you want your body to be healthy, you gotta stop, you gotta change the way you live. Oh, you know, you figure, pastors, I said, doctor, that's too much. Uh-uh, no, no, uh-uh. Like, like, come on, so, is there something else that I can do? And he said, well, th there, there's another way. He said, the problem is it won't fix the problem, it'll mask the problem. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's okay, tell me what that is. He said, well, you just take a pill. And that pill dissolves the acid that's in my stomach. So, so look, here's one way, it's gonna take a lifestyle change. Here's another way, it doesn't solve the problem, but it masks the problem. It's a short-term solution, and here's what he said, that solution actually has negative side effects. Uh, so instead of solving the problem, you're gonna have side effects from avoiding fixing the real problem at the moment. And I wonder if for us, we're, we're going to God, we're like, God, I got some pain, there's some things that are happening in my life, I want you to heal me, and the doctor in heaven, great God Almighty, gives us a treatment plan, but the treatment plan is not something we wanna see or hear. It's too much work, it's too hard, it requires a lifestyle change. And so for us, what we've gotta be careful about is the way we mask the pain is through busyness. And so we just get real, real busy and we just say, hey, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. And then something like this crisis causes that pain to actually be exposed in our life. And so I wonder if God is saying, hey, listen, it's time to really work on the real problem that is at the, the root of the issues that manifested in this crisis. And, and I know for us, it's like, well, look, I know how to solve the problem. Pastor, I just pray. I'm just gonna pray. I'm gonna get on my knees. I'm gonna pray. And look, I'm all about prayer. Listen, I pray every single morning. We do, we do intercessory prayer on Saturday mornings. I love to pray. But there are some things that take more than just prayer to solve 
in our life. God has a treatment plan to help us get healed from the pain that's in our heart. And, and we find it in James chapter 5, verse 16. Look, it says this, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. And then look what it says, pray for each other so that you can live together whole. Everybody say that word together. Say whole. whole. Come on, say it one more time. Say whole. whole. There you go. And then look at the next word after and. And healed. Come on. Yeah. Come on. So whole and healed. Think about for us. God, I want to be whole and I want to be healed. Well, how do we experience that? He says it right there. He says, confess your sins to one another. So look, God wants us to live in such a way that we're in community, that we have real, authentic relationships with one another, that each and every one of us, we're diving into each other's lives. We feel so comfortable that we're willing to tell each other the hard things to tell people that really expose ourselves to others. And some of you, you're struggling right now. Here we are on Mother's Day, a great day of celebration, and some of you are struggling because you're alone. The last couple of months, the enemy has been able to isolate you. He's been beating you up. And some of you, look, you're struggling with things that you haven't struggled with in years. God set you free from them, but you've gone back to some of your old ways. You've gone back to some of your old habits, the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the drugs, the alcohol. Some of you have gone back to pornography, and here you have found yourself struggling with things that you haven't struggled with in a long time, and you need people now more than ever. And you're watching online, but, but you're not connecting with people. I know that it, it looks good and it feels good, but, but you hadn't really connected with anybody. And I know you got a social media account. Look, that social media account, that doesn't, that doesn't really count for a real relationship. The, the average American, I don't know if you know this, actually has 328 Facebook friends. Uh, and I know all my young people that are like, Facebook, what? It's kind of like MySpace, right? You're like, what, what are we doing on a... But, but the average American is on Facebook at some level. 328 friends, but did you know that same statistic says that of those friends, they only actually have two close friends? So I got a lot of online activity, but no personal connectivity. And then 25% of Americans say that they have zero close friends. That means 25% of you that are watching right now you got all the friends on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and, and TikTok and all those different social media outlets, but you've got no close friends. You got no one to really pour your heart out into that'll catch you in a bad time that will help you walk through healing and experience wholeness in your life. And some of you, you become very isolated. You become very disconnected. I was reading an article in Forbes about this very topic. It was talking about babies in orphanages, and very interesting read. Uh, the fact that babies uh, have a real need for physical touch and affection. Uh, it dated back to research from the 1940s. And so it's a study that's been around for a long time, and it talks about the danger of what they call institutional care. Uh, that's where babies are fed, they're cleaned, they're well taken care of, but they're not held. They're not touched. They're not loved on. And you see this often in orphanages because there are more babies than there are workers to handle those babies in that orphanage. And the research was very interesting. The results found that orphans who received little to no love and were not held or touched, they actually had a 37% chance of dying without a cause. 
So there's no reason for them to die, but they simply died anyway. They didn't have a disease. They didn't die of starvation. And yet the babies died because what the study said was they were not loved. Think about that. It's called failure to thrive. Babies dying from loneliness and emotional neglect. Even babies need personal connection and relationships. And I wonder if you're watching today right now and you're like these babies. Some of you have failed to thrive. You're dying on the inside. And it's not the crisis. It's not because of the coronavirus. Look, no, 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 no. Because if we blame it on that, then we'll get busy and we'll never deal with the real root of the problem that God has exposed in our life. It's not the coronavirus. It's the social isolation. It's the fact that you stopped connecting with people. You stopped connecting with your small group. Come in, you, you know what I'm talking to. Some of you out there, you had a small group before all of this. You're healthy. God's working through the pain. You're getting healed. You're getting uh, freedom. And then the coronavirus hits, and now we got a Zoom, Zoom call. You know, small groups went from being personal connections in a physical location to now we're doing this Zoom call, and you're like, I don't want to. I don't, I don't even know how. I mean, come on. If that's you, just, just you know who I'm talk about see this yes i don't even know if i want to and for week one week two that's okay look we're nine weeks in and what's happened is because you didn't take that leap you didn't stay connected slowly over time just like those baby it's babies it's a failure to thrive it's just a failure to thrive You, you you find yourself you've been dying on the inside look god's treatment plan for healing and wholeness it requires people people. So if I want wholeness, if I want healing, I've got to get around people. And I, I know that's tough. I mean, come on, somebody. That, that is like, what do you mean? God is, you're like me when I was talking to the ENT doctor. Come on, is there any other way? Please, like people hurt you and people are your greatest pain and your greatest pleasure. And, and so God, are you sure it's about people? Like I just, I think I'm good. I want to pray more. Can I just pray? Can I fast about it, God? I mean, is there something else that I can do to be healed? I'll do anything. How many of you, you've said that, God, I'll do anything, right? But you can't bypass the process. You got to say, okay, God, if if you're the great physician and I want to experience the healing, I've got to do the treatment plan that you prescribed for me to experience healing. We don't want people to see the true condition of our lives. Come on, how many know? It's like, we we don't want you to see the ugliness on the inside. I don't want my life exposed. I mean, we've really been conditioned. We hide and we push people away. And I mean, think about just the whole social media platform. Nobody Instagrams their bad moments. Nobody goes to social (laughs) media and says, hey, let me me just Instagram this fight. Let me Instagram bad hair day. No, no, We, we put our best foot forward. So we, we, we project the best and we hide the rest. It's a fake life. And here's the challenge is that we judge our life by everyone else's highlight reel. How many know you never get on social media and then when you get off, you're like, oh, I feel so much better. Like, wow, I think my life is good. My family's good. My marriage is good. My kids are good. No, no, you always feel worse. And so what it causes us to do, and a lot of this is subconsciously, is we learn how to hide and mask the pain. We don't want people to see the ugly. They may not love us or like us. They may not accept us. And so though you're physically safe, you're relationally sick. And in John chapter 11, there's actually a story about a man who was sick. His name was Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. He was actually a close friend. 
and he was sick, and so his sisters send word to Jesus, Jesus, come, you gotta, you gotta heal Lazarus, he's sick. Well, as the story goes, by the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus actually dies. Uh, he's actually been in the grave now for four days. Uh, and so Jesus shows up on the scene. Lazarus has been dead. And in this moment, I'm, I'm going to share a passage where Jesus stands in front of the tomb and he calls Lazarus forth. He raises Lazarus from the dead. Look at John chapter 11, verse 43 through 44. Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And look at what happens. It says, and the dead man came out his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, now he's speaking to the crowd, so he's resurrected Lazarus from the dead, and this is what he tells them. I want you to go over there and unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him, let him go. I mean, think about that. Lazarus is alive, but he's still wrapped up in his old grave clothes. So he's still bound up in the things that have him tied up and he, he's not able to get free yet. And it's a very interesting moment. So he's alive, but he's bound up. It's a picture of some of us, some of you. We're sitting here with our life. We're spiritually alive. But the problem is you're not free. You've experienced the miracle of salvation. Maybe you prayed the prayer even through these last eight or nine weeks. You've joined us on the live stream. You prayed a prayer of surrender. You've been resurrected spiritually from death to life. However, you're bound up in the old thoughts, the old desires, the old feelings, the old wounds, the old pains from the past. Look, you love God, but you still have some of the world wrapped around your life. You're still addicted. You still go back to the drugs and the alcohol and the porn and you're bound up in worry. You're bound up in fear, bound up in anxiety. You're bound up with unresolved pain from the past that you have ignored until now. Look, look, you thought after you got saved, everything's going to change. It's all going to be easier. You thought, look, all my problems, they'll simply go away. That your marriage would instantly be healed. That all the dysfunction in your family would miraculously just be fixed. Look, for a while, and here's the thing, when we experience salvation, when we go from death to life, everything seems good. But, but what happens is, over time, we realize that, look, it's not as good as I thought. I'm not as healthy as I thought I was. And this physical isolation, this crisis, has really begun to expose some things in our heart. And my concern is that here we are, we're going to fast forward back into the busyness of life, masking the pain and never dealing with the problem. So you're spiritually alive, but you're not really free. And look, a lot of us, like at Lazarus, uh, we, we, since we can relate to him, the question that I'm asking is, how did he get free? Like after Jesus raised him from the dead, look, Jesus told the people who loved him to loose him. Look, go back to verse 44. It says, Jesus told him, look, unwrap him and let him go. And I love that. Look, Jesus invites people to be a part of the miracle of freedom. I love that. Look, Lazarus couldn't unwrap himself. He couldn't untie himself. Jesus could have, but he chose not to. He chose to get people that loved Lazarus, his friends, his family, people that did life with him. And he said, look, I want you to be a part of helping him experience the freedom that I have for him. So what happened? Jesus gave them a responsibility. 
And that is our responsibility as well, that for each and every one of us, those that God has called into our lives, that we would love them so well that we would help loose them from the bondage that has kept them held back in their life. And I love the picture. If you think about it, Lazarus has been dead for four days. So those things that held him bound, look, they were stanky, they were nasty, they had decay on it. And the thing that I love about it is they were not worried about getting their hands dirty. They didn't care how bad it stank. They didn't care how rough it got. They said, listen, we love Lazarus. We're so thrilled that he has been resurrected from death to life. And I want you to know this, that this church is full of people that don't care about your decay. We don't care about how bad you stink and the the mess that's in your life. We're willing to get messy to help bring freedom to each and every one of you. And I love that. Look, God, he just, he partners with us and uses us to help people experience freedom. That's why I am so passionate about our small groups. Small groups are not just something we do, it's who we are. We're not just trying to find something to fill your time and to give you to go to. No, no, we understand that small groups are a part of God's process. It's a part of God's treatment plan for each and every one of you and us to experience the freedom of God in our lives. In fact, last year in June, I spoke on this very topic on a message on YouTube. It's entitled God's Process for Freedom. And I want you to hear what I had to say. So check it out. And here's what I know about small groups. When you understand that this is God's process for me to experience freedom in my life, now small groups They're not just an option, they're a priority. I can't live my life without a small group. Why? Because every season of my life, God is freeing me from more things than I was freed from in the past. Listen, I wish, wouldn't it be awesome if we just had a pill that we put in our mouth and all of a sudden we're perfect. The past is healed, all addictions are gone. I mean, we just like that fat loss pill, you know, do something, keto or something, I don't know, something. It'd be amazing. I have a love-hate relationship with this thought process because it's like, God, why didn't you just make us, like, we're saved, just make us perfect, because your spirit's perfect. So that's a whole nother topic. When the spirit of God comes on the inside of you and you're alive, it's perfection. It's our will. It's our mind. It's our soulish area, the mind, will, and emotions. That's what has to be transformed into God's presence. That's what has to be renewed on a daily basis. But wouldn't it be awesome just, boo, I'm perfect. You're never going to be perfect until you cross over into eternity. So the goal is I want to be more healthy today than I was yesterday. I want to be more healed today than I was yesterday. Our lives are like an onion and you think that God's doing a deep work. He's like, oh baby, we just on the surface. Just keep moving. You're like, oh God, it hurts so much. He's like, I'm just on the outer layer, baby. So you think even a pastor, you know, somebody hated on me on a Google review or something. It was, he was, he was like, I don't want to be in a place where the pastor's in a hospital. He's supposed to be the physician. No, Jesus is the great physician. We are all in a hospital, baby. I just need you to know we all have a propensity for the sin and sickness that's in our heart. And God forbid us ever put ourselves on a pedestal that say I'm immune from that. And so even today, I need small groups more than I needed them in the past. I need relationships. And look, my small group, man, we meet every week. And it's amazing. Those guys have become some of my best friends, people that we expose our lives to. When our marriages are good, we talk about it. When our marriages are bad, we talk about it. When our kids are living for God, we talk about it. When they're not, we talk about it. When work is good, when when life is good, when life is bad, every area of our life, what we do is we expose it And we say, would you pray with me? Help me. What am I not seeing? Help me walk this out. 
wow, we need people. Look, pre-coronavirus, we need people. Mid-coronavirus, we need people. Post-coronavirus, we need people. God never intended for us to do life alone. And whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not, he created you to do life with people. And that together, we get to experience freedom and healing that God has for our lives. And I want to encourage you to join a small group today. Don't let this season pass and get into the busyness of life and mask the pain and allow this season to pass before you ever experience the healing that God wants you to experience. Just because we are physically isolated, that doesn't mean we have to be socially isolated. We were made to be in relationships, and I want to invite you to join us in our small groups. Join a Zoom small group. We have 41 different small groups to choose from. Uh, in fact, right now, you can text AB Groups to 31996. Uh, text it right now. We're going to send you some information. Go to the website, anchorben.com backslash groups. Uh, the host in whatever venue you are watching or streaming this in, they'll put all the, the information in the comments, but I want to encourage you, grab a smartphone, something other than what you're watching with, and begin to take the steps you need to experience the healing God has for your life. Look, we're launching uh, into this season of saying, God, I I know things are going to get busy, but I choose to pause. I choose to make sure that my life right now will stay in your process for healing. And some of you say, look, I I don't know. I don't want to do a Zoom small group. Look, we're opening physical small groups too. And so if that's you, just stay tuned because that's going to happen as well. Look, if you want to lead a physical small group or a Zoom one, I need you to go to the website, sign up, get signed up, help us bring freedom to people's lives. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't Don't put it off tomorrow. Don't say, I'll do it later. Do it now. Now, I know to do this is going to require a lifestyle change. Just like that heartburn and indigestion that I had, it required a life, uh, really lifestyle change. Not a whole lot of uh, chocolate chip muffins. Well, I ain't gonna lie though. In this COVID, I've been rocking the COVID body. You know, come on, what? Uh, come on. So I got my my jacket. Uh, you, you know, so I, I had to get some tums. I got off the lifestyle, and I think some of you got off the lifestyle of small groups. And so we're feeling the pain of that, the heartburn of that, the craziness of that. And, and getting back into it, it was going to require, Pastor, it going to require lifestyle change. You've got to reopen up your schedule. And it's never easy. It's never convenient. The question is, how bad do you want freedom? How bad do you want healing? You're tired of being bound up. You're tired of living with unresolved pain. Look, you can mask it for a little while, but some other crisis is going to manifest it again in your life. And God's going to say, I told you to deal with it. And you're going to have to go back around that mountain. So the question is, Look, are we going to deal with it? Let's just deal with it. Let's join small groups. Let's let God's process work in our hearts. Let's experience healing for our lives. 